Well, good to see everybody today. Um, I'm, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, and you may think I'm one of the maddest preachers you've ever seen, but I'm still mad. I'm still mad. What does mad stand for, Titus? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Years ago, the Merv Griffin Show had a guest on the show who was a bodybuilder. And in the interview, uh, Merv asked, uh, why do you develop all of these muscles you have? The bodybuilder simply stepped forward and he began to flex these muscles from his chest down to his calves and the audience applauded wildly. Again, Merv asked, what do you use all those muscles for? Again, the bodybuilder flexed his biceps and his triceps and they bulged to impressive proportions and the crowd went, ooh, ah. And again, Merv asked, but what do you use those muscles for? The bodybuilder kind of scratched his head and kind of bewildered. He was unable to come up with any other answer other than to show off. Over the past three weeks, we've been looking at how the Bible says that Christians can be used by God when we choose to get mad. And what's mad stand for? Make a difference. Do you know that you make the choice whether you're going to make a difference or not? You make that choice when you choose to make a difference. I mean, what good are we? What value do we have to the world that we live in? The Bible says that we've been created to make a difference. The Bible also says that God has given us many talents and abilities in order to make a difference. We learned that the Apostle Paul said that we can make a difference when we pray unceasingly, when we live righteously, and when we evangelize fervently. Last week, uh, James said that we make a difference and are religious toward God when we listen and do His Word, when we keep a tight rein on our tongue. We can make a difference when we minister to those who are in distress. We can make a difference when we keep ourselves clean from the pollution of this world we live in. But today, Jesus answers that big question, how can we make a difference? How do I use these muscles? How do I use these talents, these abilities, and these gifts that God has given me? If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. And beginning in verse 35 of Mark chapter 10, the Bible says that James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And Jesus said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand, the other on your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism for which I am baptized with? They said, we're able. 
So Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and you will indeed be baptized with the baptism which I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand or my left hand is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. And when the other ten apostles heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, that name for Jesus himself, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Let us pray. Father, I pray that today you'd make every one of us mad. Help us to choose to be mad. Choose to make a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ, our Savior. In His name we pray. And God's people said, Amen. I want you to see, first of all, that the disciples, they wanted to be important. They wanted to be used by God. They wanted to be valuable to God's kingdom. But they misunderstood what that meant. The first thing is, you need to know about making a difference is, getting mad is not about who you are. Making a difference is not about who you are. These disciples thought that making a difference about being valuable to Christ was all about who they were. But they misunderstood. They thought, if only I could be important. If only I could have this place of power. If only I knew that I was going to be sitting on the right hand of Jesus Christ. If only I was talented. If only I was powerful. Then maybe I might be useful to God. But Jesus taught them that making a difference is not about who you are. It's not about what you have. It's not about who you think you are or how powerful you are or how important you are. Making a difference, get this, making a difference depends on how open you are to being a servant. That's the question for you today. Are you open to being a servant? Jesus taught these men, these guys that were closer to, to him than anyone, that they will make a difference when they learn to serve others. The problem, one of the primary problems with our society today is we're living in this me generation that it's all about me. What have you done for me lately? What am I going to get out of this? But Jesus says, you know what, that's not what it's about. You'll make a difference when you learn to serve others. In fact, a lot of times, often, God deliberately does not choose the powerful. Often, God deliberately does not choose the important. He does not choose the influential. He does not choose the strong. In fact, just listen to this unflattering list of people 
that God used in the Bible. Moses stuttered. David's armor didn't fit. The prophet Hosea, his wife was a prostitute. God used him mightily. Jacob, one of the patriarchs in the Old Testament, was a liar. I know we don't have any liars here. David had an affair. Solomon was too rich. Abraham was too old. David was too young. Timothy had ulcers. Peter was afraid of death. Lazarus was dead. Amen? God used him. John was self-righteous. Jesus himself was way too poor. Naomi was a widow. John Mark was rejected by the great apostle Paul. And Paul himself was a murderer. As was Moses. Jonah ran away from God. Miriam was a gossip and a bigot. And I'm glad we don't have any of those here. Gideon and Thomas both doubted God. Jeremiah was depressed and suicidal. Elijah got burned out. Martha was a worry wart. Anybody hear one of those? Samson had long hair. And Noah got drunk. Yet God used every single one of them to bring Him glory. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 27, the Bible says, But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the insignificant things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. Making a difference is not about who you are. It's about what God will do through you. We need to know that today. Making a difference is not about who you are. It's about what God will do through you. So getting mad is not about who you are. Getting mad is about being a servant. It's about being a servant. To Jesus, being his servant was far more important than being a superstar. He just wanted people to be a servant. When Jesus had chosen his disciples, those guys were not the pick of the litter. When he chose those disciples, they were not the cream of the crop. He could have chosen better men to be his apostles, these that were going to take the world, take to the world the good news of Jesus Christ. They were just men, simple men that Jesus knew he could use to establish his kingdom. But the problem for them was, is they didn't think that Jesus would use a simple fisherman. They didn't think that Jesus would use a simple laborer. I found out this past week that that's all, I'm, all I am. I'm just a laborer. I don't know how to do nothing. But I'm a laborer. They thought that Jesus would want men of position. They thought that, men would, that Jesus would want men of importance, men of strength. But all Jesus wanted to do 
to use them to make a difference was that they would be a servant. So I asked myself, all right, who then does God use to get mad? Who then does God use to make a difference? What type of people does God use to make a difference? What kind of people does God use to make a difference? And I concluded this, that Jesus uses people he can count on to be there. That's who he uses. People that he can count on to be there. I read about John Brody. He used to be a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And he was being used, instead of a quarterback, he was being used to hold the ball for the kicker. And a sports reporter came up to him and asked him why a million-dollar player would be holding the football for the kicker. And Brody said, well, if I didn't, the ball would fall over. <laughs> Brody understood his value to the team. He understood that being there for the team was the most important thing he could do. It was holding the ball so it didn't fall over. It was doing whatever needed to be done so that the whole team could succeed. I want you to know today, that's the type of person that Jesus is looking for. Someone who will be there and do what needs to be done so that the whole team can succeed. So how do we hold the ball? Jesus says you hold the ball by being a servant. By being there and being a servant. We hold the ball by being a servant to other people. Let me ask you this. Would it make a difference to you if you made a million dollars for coming to church? Would it make a difference to you if you made a million dollars for participating in the Grow Outreach Ministry? Would it make a difference to you if you made a million bucks for being a part of Christians in Action, the children's ministry of this church? Did I tell you that Jesus really loves the children? Jesus really loves the children. But our Lord calls us to be followers of Him. And He was a servant. He calls us to be a servant in many different areas. Did you know that husbands and wives are called to serve one another? Just listen to this in Ephesians chapter 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her. Husbands and wives are to serve one another. He calls all Christians in the church to serve the body of Christ. In Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 4, For we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually we're members of one another. Get this. 
Having then gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Let us use those abilities. Let us use those gifts. Even if your gift is just being here. No matter what it is, use that gift. And he calls us all to greatness. How does one become great in the kingdom of God? Well, just listen to what Jesus said about that. At the time when Jesus, or when the disciples came to Jesus, they were saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him. And he set the child in the midst of them and he said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives this little one in my name receives me. Have I told you that Jesus really loves the children? So the Lord calls us to serve in a many uh, variety of areas. And you may already be serving here at the church. It may be that you're serving the church by cleaning it. Do you know that when people come through this door, they're looking around to see how clean God's things are? You may already be serving in the nursery. But I want you to know that changing diapers on a new couple's child is not just about changing diapers. It's about potentially changing eternity for that whole family. You may be sending a recording of our Bethel sermons to homebound folks. Do you know that that is sending the word of God into the homes of people who can't ordinarily come? You may be serving in a simple way by simply regularly attending all of our church services. Do you realize that when unchurched people come here and they see the place packed, that it says something? When, when visitors come and they see this place packed, they, they say, man, something significant is going on here. When they come here and they see this place packed, they say, man, Christianity really means something to these people. So you may be serving in that way. But you also may be just good about introducing yourself and welcoming visitors and adding to that atmosphere that encourages people to want to belong here. I love what so many people say about Bethel Baptist. The number one comment that I hear from visitors is this. I felt so at home at Bethel. You make them feel at home. But I want you to know that when you serve in any of these areas, it's not about you. It's not about Bethel. It's not about anyone other than the Lord Jesus Christ. You are serving Him. Period. So the key to getting mad is being a servant. But beyond that, the key to getting mad, the key to making a difference is being there. Being there. Newsweek ran an article. An article sometime back about street gangs. 
And in that story, they told the story of a preacher who was trying to reach out to children in the inner cities for Jesus Christ. When he moved into that neighborhood, the first thing that the preacher did was he sought out the local drug dealer. No, not to get drugs. He sought out that local drug dealer because he wanted to know why and how he had been so successful in dragging people into his lifestyle. The drug dealer gave that preacher a lesson on why it seemed that God was losing the battle for souls in the inner cities of that particular city. The drug dealer explained to the preacher, he said this, I'm there when Johnny goes out for a loaf of bread for his mama. I'm there when he goes out to play. That drug dealer said, I'm there when he gets out of school. I'm there, you're not, I win, you lose. It's all about being there. At Bethel, we understand this concept about being there. When we learn someone, of someone who doesn't know the Lord Jesus, we want to be there to share the truth, the good news of Jesus Christ with them. When one of us is at the hospital, we want to be there to encourage and lift up our fallen brother and sister. If someone is sick or recovering, we want to send our Grow Outreach Ministry to visit with them. We want them to know that we're here for them. If someone's homebound, can't come to church, we want to send BMW, Bethel Meals on Wheels, with a meal from time to time, just to let them know we're here for them. When we learn of children who need to learn about Jesus, we want them to know we're going to be here for them. We're going to be here for them. Servanthood is all about being there. It's all about being there. And our example is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. If you consider the fact that, that Jesus could have stayed in heaven, Jesus had it made. In the glory of heaven, Jesus had it made. But listen to this. In Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery being equal to God, but made of himself no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming, stepping out of the glory of heaven and coming to earth in the likeness of a man. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ every knee will bow of those in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's our perfect example. If he's willing to do it, we should be willing to follow suit. He who came not to be served, but to serve. I want you to know this morning the Bible says you are God's workmanship. 
You are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God's prepared for in advance for you to do. I happen to believe that Christians in Action is one of those works that God has prepared in advance for you and I to do. So don't be deceived into thinking you can be a spiritually muscle-bound creation who doesn't use the gifts that God has given you. Don't be deceived into believing that you've got to have more power, that you've got to have more teaching ability, that you've got to be more important, that you've got to have more talents in order to be used by the hand of God. That's a lie straight from hell. You've been called to be His servant. You've been called to be His minister just the way you are. Did you hear me, church? You've been called to be God's servant just the way you are. Years ago, in a church prayer meeting, there was this faithful old Christian man who used the same phrase in his public prayers. He would pray, O Lord, touch the unsaved with thy finger. One night, after leading the prayer and repeating that old phrase, O Lord, touch the unsaved with thy finger, he abruptly stopped praying. Thinking maybe that he had suddenly gotten sick, another member went up, put his arm around this man, and asked him if there was anything wrong. The old Christian said, No, I'm not sick. But something came over me and seemed to say, You are my finger. Like it or not, if you're a Christian, you are God's finger. You are God's finger. Today is Christians in Action Commitment Sunday. And I want you to know, we need to be there. For our children. We need to be there. Because if you're not there. I want to assure you. The world will be. If you're not there. I want to assure you that drug dealers will be. If you're not there. I want to assure you. That gangs will be. If you're not there. I want to assure you. That crime will be there waiting for them. So will you make a difference and choose, say choose, will you choose to be there for our children? Janet and I had been reading this book, Heaven is for Real, about a young man named Colton Burbo, Burpo, whose appendix burst and died. And while he was dead, he had an experience in heaven. And this book tells about this experience he had in heaven. He was able to describe heaven. He was able to describe Jesus. But I just want to share with you this one paragraph that was written by his father, a pastor 
about one of the experiences of Colton Burpo. He writes, for months in late 2003 and early 2004, there was a certain set of things that Colton seemed to fixate on. No matter what new tidbits of heaven he revealed, Colton always had one consistent theme. He constantly talked about how much Jesus loved the children. I mean, he constantly talked about how much Jesus loved the children. He'd wake up in the morning and tell me, Hey, Dad, Jesus told me to tell you he really loves the children. Over dinner one night, he said, Remember, Jesus really loves the children. Before bed, I'd help him to brush his teeth, and he'd say, Hey, Daddy, don't forget. And through a, a, a mouthful of toothpaste foam, he'd say it kind of like this. Jesus said he really, really loves the children. Finally, I had to tell him, Colton, we get it. You can stop. You can tell Jesus that you did your job. We know that Jesus really loves the children. And he said we might have grown weary of Colton's nonstop message about Jesus' love for kids but it transformed the way we approached our children's ministry at church. You have a very easy way of making a difference in the lives of children. But you have to choose to get mad. And what does mad stand for? You've got to choose to make a difference. I pray your choice this morning will be to make a difference and to do it through Christians in action. The ministry that we use to be there for children. During this decision time, I've got a sign-up sheet right here. A place for your name, a phone number, and a desired age group you'd like to serve in. Maybe you can't be here on Wednesday nights. But you say, I can buy pizza one night for all of them. I can do that. I, I'm not a good teacher, but I could sure take a child to the bathroom when he needs to go because the teacher can't leave. I can love on a child. I can be there for a child. So whatever it is you think you might, be able, you might want to do, just remember it's not about who you are, but what God will do through you when you choose to serve. The choice is yours. But remember that Jesus really loves the children. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that Jesus loves the children. And I thank you that I was a child once. And when I was young, I heard about Jesus. And I learned how to be saved. And I learned how to make a difference in the world I live in. Lord, now it's our opportunity to be there for children. It's not dependent upon who we are, but what we choose to be. And Lord, you will see a number of people who choose to be a servant come up and put their name on this list. Lord, you lead them. You guide them. You help them make the decision that honors you and your love for kids. 
In Jesus' name we pray.